there are four kinds of requisites which are traditionally offered by the lay community to the Sangha. Now, that is, uh, alms food was typically a spindapata, uh, dropping into the alms bowl, some food. Secondly, robes, the various robes monks are wearing. Third, <clears throat> lodging. The monks live in monasteries, nuns as well, uh, kutis and other monastic buildings, and uh, medicines, because monks and nuns can also get sick. <clears throat> now, these are the well-known four basic requisites. And there's additional things that people like to offer, you know, candles and incense and flowers. People may like to offer you know, transport and uh, light. However, we should not forget that material objects are not the only way of generating good karma through giving. Dana, generosity, giving, sharing, can be done by giving material things and the ones I just mentioned and usually everyone is aware of that. But there's another way of making good karma based on generosity, on giving and offering and that is offering one's labor as offering one's skills, offering one's talent, offering one's strength. And uh, coming out early in the monastery and then uh, working either in the heat and the sunshine here in Queensland, sometimes in the rain. It can be physically quite difficult, quite challenging. So if it's physically difficult and challenging, it means that it is more good karma if we still do it. Just like with material things, if someone gives quite a bit so that it is a sacrifice for that person, that is more good karma than someone giving a small proportion of their wealth, which is quite easy to do. And similar if we give our strength, our labor, and it's tough and hard to do, if you still do it, then it is even more good karma. One thing I really learned over the years with this whole project with the monastery, starting from scratch here on a new property, you need all kinds of different skills. And one person that just couldn't do it is completely impossible. You may have, for example, even amongst monks, some monks are very good in teaching, others are good in chanting, others are good in just living very quietly. Other monks may have a very beautiful, dignified appearance. Others are masters of the vinya and discipline, and so on, many different skills. And then uh, once you start building a monastery, you need an even wider skill set also in the lay community. And there's a very wide range, a concrete pour, and knowing how to organize that and to physically do it, 
because sometimes it's actually uh, the monks and the lay community you know, doing the concrete pouring themselves. Like for the little Kuti, which Harley built, you know, there was no real access for a concrete truck. It would have required, I think, more than some 50, 50 meters to pump it, and we couldn't really find anyone willing to do that. So in the end, Harley and his parents were hand-mixing the concrete. So this is one skill set which you may need to build a monastery. But then you also need people on committee who know how to do accounting properly. And you can imagine the skill set of a very precise, totally reliable and accurate accountant and the skill set of a person who can go out and get a concrete pour done is something very different. But you need both in the monastery. You need people who are good in IT and others who are good in gardening. Again, it's not necessarily the same. You need people who are good in uh, organizing. If one doesn't do the concrete pour oneself, then one can also pay for it and get a contractor in. But if you have ever done major projects, you will have noticed it's actually not so easy handling contractors and getting good quotes and getting a low price quote and then getting these guys to come and finish it in the deadline when we need it and making sure that they actually do what is written in the quote and that they do it properly. And organizing that is another skill set like management. You may need people who are good in carpentry. Recently, Leslie built a little timber cabinet, which we use for the amplifier that you can hear me inside, outside, podcast, on the video, everywhere. And then, of course, nowadays you need people who are good in IT how to set up a camera, how to connect you know, all the different microphones and audios that you can hear it both on the podcast, inside on the loudspeaker, outside on the loudspeaker, on the camera, and in good quality. I can tell you, you know, this is not easy. I've been working on that myself. So you need people you know, who know about IT, people who know about video, people who can look after a website, we're very lucky that Nagavi is so dedicated. And he's also a person who's good in making photos. People usually appreciate if they see some beautiful photos of their activity at Damagiri and their friends when they're making good karma. Because when you see that on the website or in the newsletter, you feel inspired, you feel a joy and happiness. There's enough bad news on the internet so go to the Damagiri website and get a boost of something inspiring and encouraging. That's Shaganusati. That's remembering your generosity when you look at these photos. And when you see the other people doing it and you feel happy for them, then it is <coughs> mudita, the sympathetic joy with others' wholesome accomplishment.
Gabi is also the one drawing all these incredibly beautiful plans so that everyone can see what project we are planning. It's not easy to explain to someone what you want to do there. But once you have Gavi's beautiful drawing, everyone knows exactly what we are intending to do and they understand what it's all about. Another skill. Some people are really good in keeping things neat and clean and orderly. Some are very good in arranging flowers and incense and looking after the shrine. Some know about all the water how do you keep the Bodhi tree sufficiently watered? And how do we collect enough water? Others now had a good idea now that we get the solar system in. Saves a lot of money, is easy on the environment, reducing the strain on the environment, carbon emissions. Other people are really good in you know, organizing big events getting people into the line for arms found, where to put the tables, how to organize it, getting little signs ready, managing a big event. So there's a huge, vast range of skills which are required to really keep a monastery going. And the only way, because there's no one person who could do all of that, the only way in you know, keeping it going is you know, many different characters coming in and working together in harmony and supporting each other. And in that way, in you know, a little working bee like we had today can also become a bonding session. Because an excellent way of developing meta and developing you know, the spirit of community now the feeling that we all together in this, we all in one boat, we all pulling our weight, we all cooperate in concord, we are all friends. Now to generate that, to bring that up, a working bee can be great. Because then all these people from different skill sets they can come together and contribute with what they are good in. And when we work together, and it generates this you know, feeling of we are one team, teamwork. That's why it's called teamwork. In a place like ours, we have people from all kinds of different nationalities. Where we have today, we had an age range, I think some 80 years, the youngest, maybe six, the oldest, in the mid 80s and uh, so you have got that we've got men and women we have got different ethnic background different racial background different nationalities and so how do you bring all these people together of course and through dhamma practice through keeping precepts generosity through faith in the buddha because it doesn't depend on any uh, national background or doesn't depend on gender, doesn't depend on class or education. But another aspect now of strengthening that bringing together is the working together. Now, even if it's someone who doesn't speak the language perfectly, 
doesn't know the language so well or has got a strong accent like myself in English. It doesn't really matter when you work together, where you feel like you're friends. So that is another side effect from the good karma we make when we offer our skills and our ability, our labor, our strength, our energy. It's also nice if you don't have that much money to practice material generosity in giving things, giving financially money and so on. It's obviously easier if we have some resources for that. But sometimes people may be in a situation where they are really tied with money and struggle to make do, even in their own life, barely scraping by. So how can you do in a great generosity? Of course, you can still offer your time and your labor. And that's a great one, for example, if someone is, say, unemployed, because it usually means you have more time, but less money. <laughs> but if one has less money, but more time, it's a great time to offer one's labor, one's energy, and contribute in that way. And we can continue generating the boundless good karma in that way. Same with retirement. Again, when people retire, financially, maybe a little bit less, time-wise, there's much more time. And another opportunity to practice generosity by giving labor, hard work, effort, sweat, energy and working away. It's also fascinating in terms of Satipatthana, foundations of mindfulness, to observe how does one feel after a working bee when one has spent time in the heat doing strenuous physical work, like some people in there carrying the pavers to a different location, heavy pavers, or trimming the, the hedge and even the thick branches. So it's physically quite straining. So the body may even have a few little aches. But what is the mind like? So there may be, aha, uh -huh, there may be in a physical little bit of physical Dukkha Vedana from the effort, but in the mind is what is called the Somanasa. Somanasa is another mental happiness. Now the Buddha distinguishes these two. Therefore, feeling Vedana, that we have pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, but we can further distinguish them in a mental pleasant feeling or physical pleasant feeling and similar for the unpleasant and neutral one can be mental or physical and if we are living in a human body our body may not always give us pleasant physical feeling you probably all noticed that <laughs> In particular, as we get older, 
And as we get sicker, these two often go together, isn't it? Getting older and getting sicker. You may have noticed that it's more difficult to get the pleasant feelings out of the body. It gets more easy to get unpleasant, painful feeling out of the body. In fact, often we don't have to do anything. The body just throws the metals. We don't have to make any effort for that. And uh, even if we do our exercises and we eat healthy and we try everything to look after the body, that process often cannot really be fully stopped. And then maybe the reality we have to deal with now that there's more sickness and more pain as we get older. However, that is now the physical part. But even if there is sickness or physical pain in the body, the mind can still have mental happiness. And if you look at the photos on the website, Gary puts up some nice photos of you and others working at the Working Bee. And you look at that on the website. And even if you have some ache in your back or in your knee or other things which usually come as we get older, or sometimes which also come when we are younger, and it's not only old people who feel pain in the body. So even if that's there in the body, you look at these photos of these acts of generosity where you have even participated, and you feel mental happiness. And if that mental happiness, that somanasana becomes very strong, and you may hardly notice the pain in the body because your whole attention, the manasikara, your attention is with the mental happiness. It just feels so good to recollect your generosity. It feels so good to contemplate what has been accomplished and what benefit countless beings have received from the monastery. And how that was possible due to your sacrifice. And, and then this mental happiness is very strong. It turns into a palmodja gladness, and the palmodja will turn into piti, rapture. The rapture will develop into bliss. And the blissful mind attains samadhi, and the calm mind freed from the hindrances due to samadhi, and I can see things as they truly are. And seeing things as they truly are, and the mind experiences nibbita viraga, and dispassion, disenchantment and dispassion, and then uh, liberation. So that is... Uh, how we deepen our understanding of the practice of generosity. May we carefully, mindfully observe what does generosity do to our mind, to our heart? What does generosity feel like? And that is all we have to do to become a very generous person. There's different ways of trying to convince people to be generous. You may have noticed that and sometimes you may want to bring people to the monastery and join in making some good karma. And some people are immediately enthusiastic and, yeah, fantastic idea, and I bring this. 
You may have noticed other people when you suggest that they may be not so enthusiastic. <laughs> They're not so much into giving and sharing. And how do we get a person to become really generous and to do more generosity? Sometimes people may try it with nagging and with twisting the arm and wheedling and pushing. That's not a very nice way. The nicest way in my experience is to convince them to even one little small act of generosity and encourage them to just feel it out. What does it feel like? Because it is a fact pointed out by the Buddha and open to our own investigation. Generosity just feels good. <laughs> it is uplifting. It is enjoyable. And once we understand that, once we feel that, we become generous just on ourselves. No one has to wheedle us or to twist our arm because we notice ourselves, wow, this feels really good. I want to do that again. And then you remember it and it feels good again. And then the more you do that regularly and then you keep precepts on top of it and it feels even better. And you look at your life and there's no regrets. You don't feel you have to blame yourself for anything. Instead, now there's a sense of no wholesome accomplishment. You feel you can be happy with what you have done. And in this way, the generosity will develop more and more naturally because we experience ourselves. We know ourselves. It's just so nice. Okay, the working bee is still going, so I shouldn't hold the workers off too long. But if there's any uh, comments or questions. So someone here is just sharing that they, um, by cleaning in the kitchen, reaching out to some high area to dusting there, that person had climbed onto the kitchen top. And normally she doesn't have the energy at home to do that, but here she had the energy. And the reason, of course, is that very somanas, that is that happiness. The reason is that inspiration we have. The reason is that we are not doing it for ourselves. There's a different energy if we aim to get something for ourselves, an egoistic motivation. There's a different energy if we aim to serve others and to serve the triple gem to serve the sasana, to maintain the pathway to Nibbana, because that is what it's ultimately all about. That's what the monastery is about, and to keep open the door to Nibbana, to keep the path of practice well-trimmed, well-prepared, well-concreted, so to speak, the path leading to Nibbana. And then we have more energy. So thanks for sharing that. But please be careful when you're clambering around on these high places and have good mindfulness in your body. Any questions or comments on the podcast? Tom is there. She is still stuck in Melbourne. 
but never mind Tom, you can always check out the photos on the website and rejoice. You can see Nip working and Lee working and all your old friends making good karma here and you will feel very happy. So we can enjoy it and not only while we are doing it, but we can enjoy our generosity all the time after. All that's required is simply remembering it and we can immediately tune back into that happiness. And even if one is physically separated, whether it's in Melbourne or in lockdown in Europe, they're going into lockdown again there, or in the US or anywhere, Malaysia, I think is also in lockdown again. And one may not be able to come to the monastery right now. We always have the memories. And uh, even if we can't come to the monastery, if we see someone else of our friends who is still able to do it, we can uh, rejoice with them, in particular if it's documented on uh, video, audio, photo, newsletters, and so on. <laughs> okay.